1: Southern Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go Monday morning, Monday afternoon. However, you choose to uh, accept it, it's Monday and it's time for another week of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Court Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Bob Kelly and Luke, we're glad you're with us. Dickey's Barbecue Pit, glad they're with us too. They sponsor the opening segment of our show every day. It's a great place to cater. Your next event, great place, of course, to take your family. Michael DeSorno is the head football coach of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. We're going to have him on the show a little later. But first, we're going to talk a little basketball. I think it's fair to say that no no sport is more exciting than a down-to-the-wire college basketball game in a great environment. And I also think it's fair to say that no sport can boost your athletic budget more than a really successful college basketball program. And the man that uh, really is putting Southern Miss on that trajectory is with us, Jay Ladner, head basketball coach at Southern Miss. Coach, great, great year last year and a big signing class uh, to talk about this year.
2: Well, again, as I, I always lead into, Bob, Kelly, and Luke, thank y'all very much. I know that y'all y'all hung in there with us when – it wasn't the most popular thing to do, and I'm very, very thankful and uh, uh, always honored to be on y'all's show. And, and to your point, um, very, we've had a, a culture shift, and I know that, that that term gets thrown around a lot, culture this and culture that. Of course, it's overused. But, of course, I don't care what organization, whether it be in a business or uh, running a hospital or a law office or, or a basketball team, It is. It is. If you're going to be successful, you have to have a good culture and a positive culture. And and um, we we of course it took us a little time to kind of get ours where we want it to be. But I have been so pleased with our off season. Um, uh, Guys like Austin Crowley. uh, Of course, we got some big shoes to fill, but uh, we we they have really set the tone. Mo Arnold and, and Donovan Ivory and Victor Hart. Um, and, and all of Jeff Armstrong, all of our other players have just had had a tremendous summer. And there's a now an expectation. What I liked as the newer players uh, have arrived, and some of them, some of them just arrived. And I like the fact that how our our returning players kind of say, "Hey, this is we don't care how y'all did it where you came from. Everybody comes from various backgrounds, but this is how we do it here. This is a Southern Miss way." And and I that that's been enjoyable to see, and then watch those watch when they can look at your best players, and your best players are also your hardest workers. It you you got a chance to have a pretty you know a successful basketball team, and 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 we we had a great summer, the summer before prior to last summer, and we had a better summer this summer. I was worried about a little back, uh, letdown, to be honest with you, that we had to be kind of careful, but it's great to see that those returning players are not only continuing what it takes to be successful but also setting the standard for that but also uh raising the bar a little bit so i'm excited about that but we've we've had a great summer uh our guys up to last friday we had them up until last friday um some of them are still around that that's a great sign in fact a majority of our returning players just chose to stay over here during the break so they can get some voluntary workouts in some uh continue their weightlifting and conditioning so um excited about where we're headed this season.
3: Coach Lander, the biggest, the, the, the big buzz is how big some of these guys are. Let's start with the two seven-footers. <laughs> tell us about them.
2: Uh, well, uh, it, it it I'm not used to coaching guys that big. Be honest with you. I hope I don't <laughs> mess them up. Um, but we, you know, one of the things, I, I, of course, I don't have to tell y'all this. Y'all are there uh, virtually every game and watching us play but one of the things that hurt us last year uh was our we just did not have a a, a tall big body uh, rim protector uh a racer uh we like we love to uh, pressure the basketball and when you do that sometimes you're going to get beat um and you have to have it to, to have someone behind you that can uh, can make up for some of the times that you get beat is 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 an important thing. So it it hurt us last year when we played teams uh, UAB of course in the NIT had a had just a really really large seven foot one athletic kid. Uh, we struggled with South Alabama seven footer. We struggled with the Louisiana Lafayette seven footer. Uh, of course all those guys are gone now which is great and uh but but we thought that was a big need and and not only were we able to land one uh promising young man uh Tegra Ize, but here here late in the process we were able to get what we think is one of the bigger steals um a young man that came back available that had decided after junior college he was going to go professionally uh and, and go professional and then reversed his course a little bit and decided to come back to division 1 and a young man named Lee Biat, and uh, from Australia. So, uh, two two big old guys, Kelly. I mean, they are they are they are big. I'd, I'd hate to be our food service people because they're going to put a dent in the food service deal over there. And because uh, they, they they are big bodied, uh, uh, talented, uh, just just what we we signed up for. But there there's some other good ones in that recruiting class too. Look,
0: Luke, get in here with Coach. Coach, uh, I know Kelly's real high on Kobe Montgomery, and of course uh, Alvarez coming back huge. That you get uh, Austin Crowley back, but it seems as if with the added addition now, you've got guys that can handle the ball. You got bigs in the middle, you know, at the six seven, six eight range, and now you complete them with that. But but how big was it to replace guys like Pinkney, who's you know going to Denmark now, and and yeah. to to have a lot of uh, a lot of your your ball handlers coming back.
2: Well, you know, all I want to point this out, one of the things that we've always wanted to be is a place that you guys can come to. You mentioned DeAndre, guys that can come to Southern Miss that we work. We 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 have a holistic approach. We want them to to leave and have had the best experience they could have. We want them to be developed as basketball players and just be absolutely different basketball players to the good side of when they arrive. We want them to be have a college degree. Every single one of our players have graduated, and, and we want to be good people and be good diplomats in the university and grow as men. So we we take a holistic approach. And you know, you mentioned DeAndre, uh, of course, Felipe Jose. That those guys have already have uh, Felipe's dangling at some huge offers. Uh, uh and of course he'll sign here within the next could he as early as today but uh his professional deal but all three but including tyler mormon nico Aguire and marcelo perez all those guys that signed up for professional contract. that that's what that's something i want to get out there because we want young men to say man i'm gonna go to southern miss i'm gonna get better i'm gonna get a degree and i'm gonna have a job when i leave so those guys uh all all of them are are playing professionally and we're excited about that so or or will play professionally the other part of it is is a we've got some big shoes to fill of course DeAndre great year Felipe great year and and we've got some some guys coming in that we feel like that can fill those fill their shoes now they're going to be a little bit different type players as y'all mentioned just talking about the big guys um Uh, a a player Luke that y'all, y'all just mentioned about Kobe Montgomery, Kobe Montgomery is a young man that set out last year who, who a lot of people probably forgotten about, but he, he had some high, high major offers in junior college, but he wasn't a, he wasn't a qualifier. And, and I saw a niche at that time to get us involved. And when I said, well, I'll tell you what, Kobe, we'll take you no matter whether you qualify or not. And that, and that was, the, that was the difference maker. Now he's gotten down here and knows what we all know. It, it's a great place. It's a great, a great city. It's a, it's a great university. And there's a special feeling at Southern Miss. And I don't think the Mississippi National Guard could drag him out of here if, 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 if they wanted to uh, because he, he is, he's bought in. But he, he's poised to have a great year for us. Of course, Austin Crowley's a better player than he was last year, talking about returners. Mo Arnold's a better player already. Uh, Donovan Ivory is poised to have a great year. Of course, I thought that at times he showed flashes of, of brilliance last year. Victor Hart's going to be a young man that uh, that again. I thought he's he's probably our most athletic big, but he's ready to he's ready to step forward. He's had an outstanding summer. Um, so Jeff Armstrong, as steady as they go. So you know we got a good returning good returning group, and 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 then of course these new the new players come in. As I mentioned, Kobe Montgomery, but I'm going to also give you another name to, to, uh, that you're going to hear a lot about. In that. Now, he, he has to have a waiver to get eligible. Um, they're working on that in compliance force right now But and with the NCAA, but a young man named Andre Cabello, he's special. Uh, he's as good as anybody that I think we've had at Southern Miss in a long, long time. Um, of course, I, it goes without saying about talking about Neft Alvarez. Neft's back. He's 100%. Of course, he fought an injury, missed about 18 Eight, 17 or 18 games last year maybe maybe 19 uh and, but the two critical ones there at the end of the season uh allowed the game in the conference tournament and of course the nit game but he's 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 He's, I think he's, he's poised to have another or continue the, the outstanding season he has. So it's an exciting time uh, to be here. I'm just thankful. We've been very blessed. God bless us. And uh, we're just going to keep working hard and do the best, keep our nose to the grindstone and, and keep doing the best that we can every day.
1: All right, Coach, I know you got limited time today, but we want to get you back real soon. There's so much to talk about with the basketball Please, i Please,
2: I'm, I'm willing to come back on, on, on any time. Today was a little bit late notice, but I'll be glad if y'all want to schedule time very soon always always a phone call away for y'all
1: all All right thanks coach coach jay ladder everybody we love the guy head basketball coach at southern miss sounds exciting
3: man telling me that kobe montgomery's a stud now watch out for him
1: exciting we'll be back
4: You're tuned in to the Eagle
1: Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Always appreciate Coach Jay Ladner. And uh, we were proud to support him, Kelly Sander, during the bad times because we felt like he was a Southern Miss guy and hadn't been given an adequate chance. And uh, you were right with the day that you took so much heat, pointing out that you know his history... At southeastern Louisiana is following that same pattern now. Now, but there's nobody that wants to fire him. Isn't that just amazing? Yeah,
3: and and the thing was is that I think everybody was relieved. You know, was glad that the season went the way it went because now, now, you know, it's it seemed like when Jeremy McLean first got here about the first year of his job, that's all he was doing was hiring coaches. You know, and now those waters of all just about for every sport are real calm.
1: All right, Campus Bookmart sponsors this segment, campusbookmart.net, Miss Kathleen, you know all about the story. Uh, that's where you need to go to get your Southern Miss apparel for the remainder of the summer and of course the fall. Also want to remind you that the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast is available to you 24-7. Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. All right, exciting about basketball, but I want to switch gears, throw a curveball at both you cats here. So we're talking baseball? No, we're not going to talk baseball. My <laughs> wife has reminded me several times baseball We'll, we'll talk over. professional baseball yeah, later in the show. Later. I want to talk about what's happening in college football. You know, I grew up in an era, and I'm, I'm proud to say, I mean, I grew up in an era where you had these established conferences, you looked forward to New Year's weekend, you knew – who was playing in the Rose Bowl. I mean, you just knew what the Pac-12 was, the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC, the ACC. And now I think the Pac-10 has been a, a historic athletic conference. Twelve. Pac-12. And, and uh, in America, and it's virtually dissolved, Kelly, right before our eyes. Yeah,
3: and there's like, what, three or four teams left? It's, it's I
1: just don't think this is – Good for college football, and and you guys can throw in your two cents. Well, and
3: after, and after this happened with the Pac-12 over the weekend, with some of the teams headed to the Big 12 and some of the teams headed to the Big Ten, uh, the ACC might be next. There are reports this morning that Florida State wants out of of the ACC. So if that if that thread goes and that conference starts to unravel, you know, then then if you got four super conferences or well, you know how.
1: Well, it's all about money, and Luke, I heard an interesting uh, analysis this morning on a sports-related website where the the guy said, you know, it's all about money. Texas and Oklahoma don't want to share the money with the teams in their economy. How long is it going to be before the Georgias and the Alabamas and the LSUs of the world step up and say, you know what? I don't want to share my money with Mississippi State anymore or Vanderbilt or Missouri because we're pulling the wagon – and they're going to bolt and form their own type of super league. Um.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't think it. so. The the Pac-12 being the first of the the you know the the big group to to fold in that sense doesn't surprise you that much. Uh, when when Southern Cal and UCLA decided they were going to go to the Big Ten, you you knew that. Something was was going to be inevitable, um, but you you've got a, a lot of this this action though is is what east of the Mississippi River except for uh, except for the Big Twelve, and and the Big Twelve lost two of theirs. Now the way they've before Colorado and before this last movement on the weekend, you 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 felt like they may have taken a step down in a few few different cases. But it, it's going to be hard, um, I would think, for un, unless there was some type of break-off and merger with the Big Ten and the SEC because they're in the best place right now between all of that. And if that happens and you do have a separation where they just say, we don't need the NCAA anymore, well, you know, I mean, silver lining guys, I mean, we would be in the most stable football conference in, mm-hmm. in the country if the Power Fives go away. Um, I I do think, and, and again, just speaking to somebody in this state, it's gonna be, it would be really hard for particularly Mississippi State, uh, for for the SEC to look at Mississippi State, particularly on the baseball front, and say, hey, we, we we don't need you anymore because they've they've carried that for, and I understand football gets it, you know, first and foremost, but you look at what Mississippi State and Ole Miss have done in football the last few years. They're not at the bottom of SEC football, so it, it would be you know Alabama and Georgia would set the pace. But when's the last time Texas did
1: anything any, anyway right. in and, football? And, and I'm not trying to single out State or Ole Miss. I, I'm talking about the lesser teams in every conference. You could say the same about it's Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. It's yeah, Missouri. That's right. Um, what Kentucky hangs them? because of because basketball. of basketball,
0: but but yeah, I, I do think to your point, it would have to be some type of merger between the what? bell cows of the ACC with Florida State and Clemson, and a majority of the yep. SEC and the Big Ten.
1: Kelly, do I dare say is this sacrilegious that the Big Ten may be becoming the biggest, most powerful athletic conference in the country? It
3: could be. It remains it remains to be seen, but I agree wholeheartedly. With Luke, every one of those SEC schools brings at least one sport to the table. All right, now Alabama's proven Missouri Vanderbilt. Pretty, yeah, fair enough. All right, um, Vanderbilt brings baseball. Vanderbilt
1: and, and brings they baseball.
3: and they have been good in basketball yeah. pretty consistently over Missouri's the years. Missouri's the real the real red flag. Yeah, but they're the but they're the new kid on the block. I mean, if you didn't think that Missouri had something to offer, why would you have brought them on to begin with? I never did understand that.
1: Yeah, right. I
0: still don't understand why Missouri isn't in the uh, the West. They're in the East, the SEC, by the way. Yeah. But, I mean, you know,
3: Mississippi State's been good in baseball. So has Ole Miss, you know, and they have not been, you know, at the bottom. And, look, I'm not defending either one, but I'm just saying most – and you could look at the Big 12, my alma mater of Iowa State. They, yeah. they
1: haven't been, well, been so, okay. So, in general but, terms, I, and, again, I, I'm in no way singling out Mississippi State. Right. In general terms, are we going to see these big, powerful conferences shedding the lesser teams in their leagues?
3: I don't. I don't think. I don't think immediately. And and academically, you could say Northwestern and the Big Ten. They they haven't. I mean, football. They've been pretty decent, but in everything else, they're lousy. But they bring. It won't
0: happen while they're still connected to the NCAA. And they've got when, when, when they look at the NCAA and say we we haven't needed you for quite some time. We don't need you now. That is when all bets are off for anybody, anyone. In anything, when when they when they basically say we're going to become a semi-professional league of our own, to your point, a super league, and they have thirty-two to you know forty teams, that that's where all bets are off. And as long as they're operating under the NCAA, you you can't just be kicking people out left and right. I don't see it happening.
1: Yeah. Do you see the day, guys, where you have that big super merger and you've got that super quote-unquote, as Luke said semi-pro league i mean are we are we headed in that direction and i guess that would be the big 10 and the sec
0: well, yeah, and what and, about and the big 12 there'd be people from the acc and there'd be people from the, they, correct, they would correct. they would selectively right. pull when that happens to quote todd Munkin, some of those schools better get comfortable with going seven and five every year yeah
3: and a lot of these conferences too have the academic Credentials of some of the schools that—that's what they're there for. Vanderbilt in in the SEC, Northwestern in the Big Ten, Duke in the ACC. Although their basketball mm-hmm. and football have been pretty decent. Wake Forest is another mm-hmm. one. You know, great academic schools.
1: So Kelly, do you like this this change, or do you like no the old leagues the way they used to be? I think I think you know the answer. I think I do. <laughs> How about you, Luke? Say that again. Do you like what we're seeing now, or do you like the old traditional leagues—the Big Twelve, the Pac-10, the Big Ten? Oh,
0: I'm a purist, man. I, I, I want to watch the Big Ten champion and the Pac-12 I champion playing the Rose Bowl. But it, it's the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and so where where it changed is is when it this thing's been pushed by money. It's all about money. This is why there's been all this change on the NIL front all of that is pushed by the almighty dollar and people inevitably get left behind and and what's so you know the, the part of the part of this show that really is is painful is we love college baseball on this show right right what's going to happen with Oregon State baseball you know what's going to happen with Stanford those are those are two you know blue bloods right i mean those are those are hosting every other year and so from a from a purist standpoint um uh, is, is the Mountain West going to merge? Are they going to become the Pac 16? What's going to happen? I mean, does anybody really think that like Cal Berkeley is going to like sit in a room, you know, with, uh, with San Diego State or with, with New Mexico State and not feel like they're better than, I mean, it's just, there's a lot going on there that, it, it's really interesting how, when people get left behind, how when the new groups
1: form, it's people you would never dream would be sitting at the table together. Correct, and and it's evolving. It it seems like it never changes. It, it's just, con- I mean, it seems like it's constantly. Changing. I, I still have,
3: I still have a, a poster that's in a glass frame and it's in mint condition from the southwestern conference. Yeah, one time Ninth.
1: was a big, great conference.
3: Yeah, and it's got all the help, the football helmets lined up. Rice used to be in the yeah. southwestern yeah. conference. No Arkansas, question. Houston, S. SMU, yeah. Texas Tech. I mean, it's and on paper, doesn't that sound like
1: a hell of a good conference? Yeah,
0: yeah, it was. We just go back to yeah. the old Metro. Let's just let's yeah. just resurrect the old Metro yeah. Conference.
1: Yeah. Changing. There's no question about that. One thing that's not changing is Louisiana Lafayette's in the Sun Belt, and uh, we're going to talk to their head coach what he expects from his raging Cajuns, and I say is becoming the biggest rivalry for Southern Miss, the Raging Cajuns. But we'll see.
0: To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
1: Looking for a golf cart where you can get a new Icon cart from the Noel Daniels Motor Company in Brandon and they'll deliver it to your house for just $99. They carry electric vehicles for all your needs in the neighborhood, the farm, and, of course, the golf course. Remember, they'll deliver it right here in Hattiesburg or anywhere you hear the Eagle Hour for just $99. For more information, uh, go online at noeldaniels.cars or tell your phone, uh, just take me to the Noel Daniels Motor Company in brandon and i want to thank four street bar and grill for all they do for the eagle hour great place to have lunch as you know and a great place to watch every golden eagle event right there in the shadow of the rock i don't need to tell anyone who listens to this show about the raging cajuns of louisiana lafayette they're always good in every sport they play and i don't think this year will be any exception uh, kelly recently at the uh, media day of course in new orleans had a chance to talk to the Raging Cajun head football coach Michael Desermo, and here's how that went.
3: Coach Des, as they call you, I've I've heard a lot of, you know, you heard about the fun belt three or four years ago where everybody was winning 48 to 42. I, I, to me, it looks like this league is transitioning, you know, with some of the great defensive games of last year and I don't see that really changing. Am I, am I off base here that it's going more
4: defensive than offensive? No, I mean, I, I think that's accurate. Um, you know, I know for us personally, and I, I know Coach Hall very well, too, um, we pride ourselves on having tough, physical football teams, and that starts with the way you play defense. And, uh, you know, I think regardless of the league, whether you're an offensive-minded head coach or defensive, um, we see the value in playing good defense. You know, I mean, there's a lot of 17, 20 games in our league that are really good football games, and, um, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. You know, we pride ourselves on playing great defense, and I certainly – I would wouldn't trade that for anything
3: yeah the game with south last year was a classic i thought i mean you didn't have any skin in the game but both your teams played played really really well um going into to year two now i mean nobody's tougher on themselves than a first year coach right in, in that in position so uh, what are some things that that you you will do differently this year than perhaps you
4: did the first year well you know i mean the biggest thing is we've kind of already started that um you know we we restructured the way we do our off season um you know every team is different and and last year especially our team was was a young team that really needed physical development and things and kind of didn't really change some of the offseason stuff and the way that we did it and we should have and i should have that's my call to make um so looking back on it you know i kicked myself kind of once we got to the summer and i realized you know we're not physically quite where i want to be um so this year we made those changes um you know we've reevaluated a lot of the way that we do things um offensively defensively special teams um you know, every year, you know, you, you got to go and back and you got to really be critical of yourself. Um, you know, I'm the head coach, I called plays. Um, offensively, there are a lot of areas that we needed to improve, particularly red zone touchdown scoring. Um, and so we studied some of the best teams in the league, touchdown percentage wise, and we looked at what we do, what they do, things that we can do, not obviously not a wholesale change to what you believe in. You know, we've got an identity, um, but maybe different ways to package things and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, for me, this game, you know, even the Southern Miss game got down to one possession right there at the very end. So many of our games in this league, and that's not even one of them I'm considering, you know, so many of these games in our league come down to one possession. Um, If you can improve a little bit in certain areas, I mean, it's the difference between – you know, for us, you know, you four one possession games. The difference in going, you know, having ten wins or having six. And um, in the past, when we've had a lot of success, we won those one possession games. You know, seven and zero oh one year. Um, you know, six and one another year. That's the difference in having a really significant season, wins and losses wise, and the difference in being, you know, really disappointed at the end of it. So. You know that comes back to us as coaches and putting our players in position to uh, go and make those plays.
3: Yeah, talking to Coach Womack and Summerall, they were both saying, you know, you want to be, you know, to pass and run equal, but they just look at the at the terrain defensively of the teams in the West, and they're going, I just don't know that anybody's going to be able to run the ball, you know, with any, you know, with any regularity. So that seems to me kind of problematic. Uh, So what what do you do? I mean.
4: Well, I I still think it's about what you believe in. And, you know, I believe that by establishing the run, um, our offense is all based off of our run. Um, Even our drop-back pass is out of run sets a lot of times. So, you know, for us, I think the threat of a run is something that maybe is as effective as an actual good run. Um, So, you know, we're never going to waver from – trying to establish a run i know coach hall won't either you know i mean i know him well enough to know um coach sumrock tell you and coach womat can tell you whatever they want they're full of it they're defensive guys they're gonna try to run that football uh but, but no, I, th- the point that they're making, I think, is that a lot of your chunk plays and a lot of your explosives are going to have to come in the pass game. Um, but I still think that a lot of that is set up through being able to run the ball somewhat effectively. Here,
3: when you look at your, your
4: recruiting classes
3: down the road, you just completed the class of 23, 24 coming up. Is there any particular area that you feel like you're not as deep or as long as you'd like to be?
4: You know, I, I think for us you're always uh, – it's that's a that's a constantly evolving thing right now especially in college football um, we do not have a biggest senior class right now uh, but that doesn't mean you're not going to end up having to sign a bunch with the way things are um, you know for us right now at outside linebacker we need to sign a couple um, there and we are looking for a little bit more length in some of those places um, you know I think D-line is an area where we're 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 we've gotten a little bit longer in this past signing class that we want to get back to having a little bit more length that makes you a little bit unique Um, but you know really that's probably the two spots that you kind of say well you know you'd like to have a little more length in some of these places but the end of the day it's what everyone's looking for and um, I think in recruiting there's a sliding scale on everything if that makes any sense you know there are certain things that you would like that are ideal um, but you don't Compromise, a really getting a really good player for someone just having traits you want. There's somewhere in the middle that you got to find. You know, you got to find some middle ground. Final question:
3: uh, A common thread from a lot
4: of your colleagues today
3: was we want to we want to be the best we can be. We want to present the best of ourselves. Uh, it used to be the old days where you were good if you hit a certain win-loss record right but i don't hear that from these guys it's just being the best that we can be so what does good mean anymore coach i mean to to the lay to the lay person sitting at home
4: you know it's funny um success is a relative term um it's relative to where you are and where you have been uh, you know for us you know and, and the expectations that we have success is playing for a conference championship and uh Anything short of that is, is probably a little bit a little bit short of where you want to be. Um, but the reality of it is is what they're saying is true. Um, we've got to be worried about our team, not anyone else on the schedule. Um, we've got to be worried about our guys need to be willing to do the work day in and day out um, to put ourselves in position to go be the best team we can be, whatever that means, right, wins, losses, conference championship or whatever in between. Um it's it's always about the team in your locker room, not the other locker rooms. Good luck to you and the Cajuns. Thank you. Appreciate you.
1: Michael DeSermo, head football coach, Louisiana Lafayette, Raging Cajuns. Your thought, Kelly? You're the one to talk to him. I, I think that this
3: is a team that's – that's that's. I think they're going to struggle a little bit this year compared to where they have been in the past because of some of the – he's got a lot of new players on the roster this year. I know that a lot of the prognosticators have them picked ahead of the Eagles, but, um, you know – I, I I just think Southern Miss is going to finish ahead of, of Louisiana, and I think they might be set up to be one of the more disappointing teams based based on predictions. And Luke, I know you've you've uh, picked apart their schedule, man. You talk about Southern Miss having a tough schedule. When the Cajuns go on the road, it's it's tough.
0: Yeah, six and seven last year. They lost um, in the uh, Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl to Houston. Played pretty good against uh, the Cougs in that one. But yeah, you look at this year. So they've actually got their first conference, conference game week two. They go on the road to Old Dominion, but they open up with Northwestern State, then Old Dominion. Then they're at UAB, Trent Dilfer um, in Birmingham. They host Buffalo, and then they go take on P.J. Fleck up in uh, the Great White North in Minnesota. Then as they kick into the pick-back-up pick conference play, Texas State, Georgia State, and then here, here's the, the thrasher. The next three, three out of four, starting the last week of October through mid-November, at South Al, at Arkie State, Southern Miss at home, at Troy. Mm. That that is that's a brutal four games for them, you know. And you you say Arkie State with that great recruiting class a few years back, you know what are they going to be like? We've talked about that, but I mean that's going to really be the test again for him down the stretch. You do feel like they can build some momentum, um, even though the Georgia State game before the South Alabama South Al game is going to be tough, even though it's at home. So a lot for uh, for. For uh, the the Cajuns to prove in year two, and I think the two teams, when you take the Cajuns and the Eagles, I think
3: schedule wise, they've got their tough part of the schedules at different parts of the season. The Eagles Mm -hmm. go swim in that deep water immediately, right? And then maybe have some teams in the middle of the schedule that aren't projected to be maybe as strong Uh, as those those Power Fives. But like Luke was just saying, the meat of the schedule for the Cajuns is going to be in the middle. And how banged are you going to? How banged up are you going to be at that point? What's your injury situation going to be there? So there's there's a lot of a lot of question marks, and we haven't even snapped the ball yet once.
1: All right, we'll have uh, we'll have Terry Bowden, who coaches Louisiana Monroe, on the show Wednesday. I for one am delighted to have the Cajuns in the same conference with the Eagles and play them in every sport. I, to me, there's a little. Extra electricity in the air when the Cajuns are around.
3: Well, they're, they're animated and, and love their teams. You know, they just fan, like, there's a lot of similarities Yeah, for sure. The schools,
1: from fan bases to the tenacity of their athletic teams, it's uh, always fun to play the Raging Cajuns. All right, we'll wrap up this edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour, next.
0: the top final segment today on the eagle hour we're in the southern bancor studios in hattiesburg and laurel luke bob and kelly appreciate you joining us if you missed the interview with uh, louisiana lafayette head football coach as well um, earlier in the show with jay ladner southern miss men's basketball coach you can go back and listen on demand supertalk.fm or in podcast form google play apple podcast spotify stitcher tune in and audible every episode of the Eagle Hour on there. Four segment brought to you, as always, by DBAT and D1 Training. Another hot week, but it's always cool inside DBAT and D1. Great facilities, pro shop, instructions, it's all there, dbathattiesburg.com. Golden Eagles, after taking their first day off yesterday, got back at it today, two hours and 20 minutes in shoulder pads and shorts, We'll have some practice reports, of course. Uh, Kelly will be out there tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk to Heath Hinton later um, this week from, from Big Gold Nation. Full pads tomorrow, so, so Kelly, get ready when you're out there. It, it's going to be uh, a heightened sense of energy um, uh, tomorrow. Will, will Hall happy today uh, about the running game. Uh, they look good um, today. Speaking of football, the coaches poll come, came out, preseason coaches poll. Southern Miss, uh, two out of their two out of their first three opponents, uh, ranked in the top twenty-five. Florida State at eight and Tulane at twenty-three. We told you on Friday that the athletic season began. Southern Miss soccer had an exhibition down in uh, Pearl River Community College in Poplarville. Lady Eagles uh, won eight to nothing. So congratulations to Coach Mo and the Lady Eagles as they win that uh, beginning uh, of their season of course uh, they've got one more game uh, before the real games start they'll take on jackson state coming up as the uh, the lady tigers uh, come to uh, to hattiesburg um, this thursday august 10th and then they will uh, start taking on southeastern louisiana next week all right we're accustomed to it because we saw him do it at southern miss matt Walner Had some walk-offs. Guys, you remember, of course, uh, the 2019 walk-off at the Conference U.S. a baseball tournament in Biloxi against Rice. Well, Walner did it for the first time as a professional Major League Baseball player. Guys, on the weekend on Saturday, three of five uh, with two RBIs, and then yesterday against the Diamondbacks, bottom of the ninth, he hits a two-run bomb to end it. Twins win 5-3. to Walner for the month of July, batting three hundred. Now for the season, seven home runs, 16 RBIs. Good for Matt Walner.
1: Man, it makes me feel good to hear that. What a great kid.
3: Man, he is going to make a ton of money. Yes, he is.
1: Isn't I mean. he? Isn't he? Remember what he told you about that money that day that was hilarious? What's the best thing about having money now I go to Chick-fil-A as many times as I want to? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you talk about a kid that's grounded, right? <laughs>
0: hey, and it was special too. It was Joe they they honored Joe Maurer yesterday and of course he caught for, for the twins forever. And so here's a kid in his hometown for his hometown team watching the the organization honor one of his hometown, you know, growing up baseball heroes and he hits a jack to to end it. It was a special weekend for him. Boy, Joe
3: way. Maurer was good too, man. He was really consistent, you know, all the time that he played. You know, going back to my interview with, with Coach DeSormo you know and I made the mistake of calling the Jaguars you know South Al it's just out of habit I I I mean no disrespect obviously and of course like I say, we very much respect and love Kane Womack but I got a couple of raised eyebrows when I you know said South Al like it's you know don't call us South Al well now the folks in Lafayette do not want to be called Louisiana
0: Lafayette Mm. it's so even though their official website at the bottom of it
1: says the University of Louisiana. Yeah, I mean, it would be yet. like call a Mississippi State a football school. I mean, it just that
3: makes sense. Ouch. That would be Bob Getty at the following address just for kidding. those cards and letters. Just kidding to Yeah, to Yeah. Going. But no, the, the University of Louisiana. He's what you know, but I remember.
1: I like Lafayette. Movie. I
3: remember when Louisiana Monroe was northeastern Louisiana. Right. We yeah.
0: used to call them Ooh La La is what right. we Called them.
3: Well, yeah. and and at what point now is the school in Nacogdoches, which Southern Miss is going to play? When are they going to become the University of Louisiana at Nacogdoches?
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. they did what it in Monroe. would take you off as a Southern Miss fan for somebody to wrongly call you.
3: Would you, look. Let me throw this question. SMU. Out. No. Would would anybody? And I dare say I know the answer to this question before I ever ask it. Would anybody want to be called the University of Mississippi at Hattiesburg? No. No. (laughs) Hell no. no. I I knew you were going to say that. You know, so I don't know why these Louisiana schools are, are, as my dad used to say, not no, no, but
1: but hell no,
3: <laughs> yeah. When when the first three words are no.
0: University of Mississippi,
3: no, no. U.S.M.
0: fine,
1: <laughs> right. Southern
0: fine. Yes. Southern Miss uh, is the the proper official. But no, but you can't even go like U M Hattiesburg. You have to because we're not even no. uh, we're not even of Mississippi. We're no. specifically Southern Mississippi. That's correct. We're we're
3: fine, just like we are. And and some of the old guys are not very many anymore. But you'll still occasionally run into. Uh, uh, a white hair that I'll call a Mississippi Southern. Well, you, know, you, you
1: know, you found me a T-shirt a few years. I still yes. have that T-shirt. I don't wear it because I need, don't want to wear it out. You need to I, hang I, on I, to I, that. Yeah, Mississippi Southern. Yeah. Nice. My Very varsity cool. jacket has an M on it.
0: I mean, they still do that yeah. these days. Yeah, but you will not you will not prompt us to say to the top here with the University of Mississippi, Hattiesburg. Please no, don't. But everybody. we will no. say
1: this for Southern Miss. We're back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss, to, to the, the top.
3: Into the future. It's all slipping, slipping, slipping.